You guys are clappy today. Do you know, here's something you can clap for. It's the 35th anniversary of Blues Brothers being released as a movie. 35 years. Does that make you feel old? Let's clap for being old. All right. Oh, welcome. We're glad you're here. Welcome. You're watching on the internet. Uh, it is Veterans Day this weekend. I would like to do, I wanted the lights to be up to be able to see this. Even if you're watching at home and you're a vet, we really uh, want to honor you. If you are a veteran, would you just stand up right now and let us thank you for your service to your country? All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Uh, hang on a second. Um, where is Pam? Hang on, stay, stay right there, stay right there, stay up. Um, is, uh, is Pam in here? Did she, did she make it back in? Pam Toppin in here? She's back, okay. Aaron Toppin, one of our, one of our boys, drove around a pickup truck with an American flag on the back of it. He is the hero that we're doing this for. Uh, gave his life in our, for our country in the line of duty uh, a year and a half ago, and that's his mom. Let's thank her, okay? Thank you, Tony. That's what I'm talking about. All right, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, so we're talking about our soul. So we're talking about our soul. How, how do you take care of your soul? Probably wonder, how do some of the movie stars take care, of, take care of their soul? Here's how Dwayne The Rock Johnson answered that question. What do you do spiritually in your life to develop your soul, and what does God actually mean to you? Oh, wow. Um, what do I do spiritually? I always got to have an hour to myself. That's what I do for myself spiritually, right? And then sometimes I think about donuts, and sometimes I think about what I'm doing tomorrow, or sometimes I don't think at all, which is more often the case. How's that for you? Good? You know, is that helpful? I mean, you know, if you had 3% body fat, you know, maybe you would think about donuts during your quiet time too. Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, for me, that's not my problem is I don't have 3% body fat. I have a lot more than that. So if there's a donut, I'm just going to eat it. Amen. All right. Just there. But what Dwayne is talking about is setting our soul, setting our mind on the things that are good or the things that are bad. And what he was saying there was he gets distracted by things when he's trying to feed his soul. And I do too. And we talked in the first week about our reticular activation system. We talked about this, uh, this little bundle of nerves in the back of your skull right here, which everything is filtered through. And, and the things that you're looking for are the things that you're going to pay attention to. And so we talked about how important it is for us to set our, our mind and our soul on the things that are of the Spirit. Here's how Paul said it. Those who live according to the flesh have their mind set on what the flesh desires, okay? We're going to set it. This is something we do. If it's on the, what the flesh, it's what the flesh desires, which is donuts, okay? All right. I don't know. Donuts. Nuts. There you go. Um, donuts. That's the flesh desires. Okay. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set 
on what the spirit desires. And the mind that, that is governed by the flesh is death, but the mind that is governed, what we do with it, by the spirit is life and peace. So this is what we're talking about, okay? You set it on the, on the spirit or you set it on the flesh, and here's what you're going to get. You're going to get life and peace or you're going to get death. Those are your choices, all right? That, it's very, very simple. So what do you want? It's a pretty simple illustration. Set your mind on donuts, you get death. Okay, this is how it goes. But if you want the things of the Spirit, you set your mind there. It's governed by those things, right? That's how this thing works. So if you leave God out of the direction of your soul, out of your reticular activation system, you're going to have a life that is full of death. But if you set it to the Spirit, you're going to have life and peace. And Jesus said it this way. He said, what, do you, what benefit will you gain if you got all of the donuts in the world? Remember that Simpsons episode where he goes to donut hell and they just start feeding him all of those things? Okay. What, what if you got all the donuts in the world? If you had all of the things that the world could give you, but you lose your soul, is that going to do you any good? And your question should be, well, when Jesus says that, is he talking about now or is he talking about what happens after you die? And the answer, I think, is yes. Well, hang on a second, Tim. Are you saying that I can go to heaven and still live like hell? Can I be on the highway to hell and the stairway to heaven at the same time? And, and I was, as that thought came to me, I was like, somebody should mash up that, those two songs. Right? You know what mashing is? You, know, you take two songs and you put them together. And then as soon as that thought came out of my brain, I, I was like, well, I'm sure somebody's already done it. So I Googled it. And I found this, this band, this girl, a great singer, singing the lyrics to Highway to Hell to the music of Stairway to Heaven. Listen to this. Going down, party time. My friends are gonna be there too. I'm on a highway to hell. I mean, at first I thought, oh, this would be fun. And then I listened to her sing that, and I realized that so many people live that way. They're going to go to heaven someday because of Jesus, but they're still living in hell. And I realized, you know, my mantra, my motto for my life is I want to bring heaven to earth and take earth to heaven. I want to, we want to, wherever we're working, whatever we're doing, we want to help bring heaven to earth to people that need it. And I want to take earth people with me to heaven. I have it tattooed on my arm. Then I kept processing that and I realized what that really means is that my life's mission is to get the hell out. One way or the other, right? Get the hell out. And I, I said, Denise, could that be my next tattoo? And she said, nah, probably not. I'm, I'm still working that one out. But that's really basically the thing. I see so many Christians that are living, they have all of this, this opportunity to live. I have so much opportunity to live in the things of the Spirit and life and peace and spend so much time with the hell still in it. 
If we think that the point of being a Christian is to get to heaven someday when we die, we're missing out on part of it. I mean, yes, that's, a, that's wonderful. That's eternity. And, and it's a free gift, the Apostle Paul called it. You can live in a place forever with Jesus where there is no pain and no worries and zero body fat and donuts all day long. It does not matter. But is that all there is? Is all there is to this life a time where we just endure and try to get by until we get to that night where we pray, if I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul will take, and it actually happens. Is, is that it? And here's the problem. I, I, again, I, I'm, I'm trying to process this through your eyes, and, and it's the same thing for me. Most of us grew up in a religious system. Catholic, Protestant, whatever it was, you grew up in a religious system where you thought that getting to heaven was somehow connected to your goodness, right? No mortal sins, get penance for the venial sins, and everything will be okay, right? Or, you know, for me, I wasn't a Catholic growing up, but there was still, in the back of my mind, it was like, I need to be good, I need to be on the stairway to heaven so that I'm on the right, you know, way to get to heaven someday, that's not the gospel. The gospel, I mean, there's a guy, there's a thief on the cross dying, being executed for his sins, for his crimes, on the cross next to Jesus. And he says, hey, can I go? And Jesus said, yes, you can. So half of us grew up with this thinking that we need to work our way into heaven. The other half are, are the people out in the world that just think, you know what, I'm just going to be good enough. You ask them, are you, know, are, are you going to go to heaven when you die? And if they believe in heaven and believe in God, which fewer people do these days, but if they do, they'll say, yeah, I'm going to be there. And you say, why do you think you should go there? And they will say, because I'm good. I'm good. What does that mean? D minus, right? I mean, 60%, that was it. I had, to be, I had to have a passing grade. I had to have a D minus. That's what I'm hoping for. So I'm trying to be a good person. I'm, I'm, trying to, you know, I'm trying to do all the right things. Either way, there's something about your own goodness that's about eternity. And, and the problem is, that's not true. There's nothing about your goodness. There is no one righteous enough, not even one. We are all saved by grace, and it is not of works. Because if it was of works, then you could boast. That's what Paul said. That's not it. So, okay, don't accuse me of preaching from Led Zeppelin and ACDC. This is how Jesus said it. Enter through the narrow gate. Okay, wait a minute, back that up. Um, we lost one. No, enter through the narrow gate. I'm sorry. Oh, this is right. Enter through the narrow gate. For wide, there's what I'm looking for, is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through that. What, what is that? That is a high way to hell. We could just call it that, right? <laughs> we could just call it that. That's the highway to hell right there. It's wide, many are going to enter through it. But what does he say? He says, small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life and only a few find it. Stairway to heaven. Only a few, right? So you have a wide gate to destruction and a narrow gate to life to heaven. So your question should be, is Jesus talking about after we die, or is he talking about now? 
And I believe the answer is yes. Take judgment day out of it for just a second, will you? Okay. What if you just believe the Apostle Paul that the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord? Just, for, just flatter me for a second. Just humor me for a second and believe that it's a gift. Okay? It's free. It's a gift. So why would Jesus tell us that we need to go through the narrow gate? Why would he say that few find it? Isn't Christianity the biggest religion in the world? Yeah, it is. Two billion people around the globe claim to follow Jesus. So how does this make any sense? Well, for one thing, I've met people who said they believed in Jesus who didn't. I met a guy recently who thought he was Jesus, and he wasn't. We can all fake it, right? Somebody sent me this pic. I loved it. You know she's getting her glasses this week. Be quiet and meow. I think part of what Jesus is saying is, you know, get on the narrow gate because, you know what, you need to really be serious about this. But the real problem is not that. The real problem is that there are so many of us who are Christians who still live like hell. Jesus is saying, do you want the road that leads to life or do you want the road that leads to destruction? Those are your choices. If you want life and peace, there are some choices that you are going to have to make. And here's the deal. You cannot set your mind on the flesh and get life and get peace. Now or later. Take later out of it. Now, if you set your mind on the things of the Spirit, it will get the hell out of your life starting now. It's not just about later. All right? We talked in this series about the good shepherd. Uh, you know, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Do I really believe that that path is the right path? Yeah, I trust in the good shepherd. He leads me beside the still waters. I know that he's got the best thing for me. He's my shepherd. We talk about God being the good father around here all the time. He is my heavenly father. When I pray, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Give, give, me the, give me the things that I need, my daily bread, and forgive me. When I think about God as a father, it changes everything. So if God is my shepherd and God is my father and, and I should be on this narrow path with him, is that because I'm working my way to something later on? Or is it because he loves me and this is the best way for me to live? We've got our one-year-old grandson coming to visit next weekend. We just found out that they're going to come and, and hang out with us for a little while. Do you know what that means? Do you know how long it's been since I've had a baby-proofed house? I mean, it's been a long time, and we've got the Christmas, some of the Christmas stuff up already. I mean, so, so when Charlie, he's like taking five or six steps at a time now and, you know, crawling like crazy, he's going to be into everything. And we're like, oh, what are we going to do? I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep Charlie away from the Christmas tree for his own good because Nana is Christmas crazy, and he better not break any of her ornaments. I'm just saying that right now. And, and, and I'm going to do something to lock up the, you know, the cleaners that are underneath the sink in the kitchen, put some rubber bands around it for now or something. Why? Because I love him. He, he may not like it. He may not even understand it. But I love him, and I want what's best for him. When we let kids go off on their own, when God lets us kids go off on our highway to hell, what ends up happening? My friend Bill sent me this picture of his grandson in daycare this week. Um, that's what happens, right? 
I guess, I guess he crawled in there and just kept crawling, and then he couldn't get out, right? That, that's, I, I, I think about that. I think about the mashup of those songs, and I think that's what most of our job as pastors is about. It's about when we, as Christian people, crawl into dumb places. We're on the highway to hell, and we're like, oh, man, I don't know what we're going to do. I mean, he's going to be saved. He's just not in a good place right now. How many people do you know? How many of you are in a place where, yeah, I'm probably going to be saved, but I'm not in a good place right now? So what should you do? Romans 12, paraphrased in the message version. Here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, your eating, your going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Take your life, make it a living sacrifice. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Don't, don't be on the highway to hell and forget about it. Think about donuts, Okay. Instead, fix your attention on God and you'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Set your mind on the flesh, on that spirit, I mean. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God wants to bring out the best in you. That's why we set our minds on the spirit. That's why we're on the highway and the stairway to heaven. That, that's why the path is narrow. Not very many people do this. It's because it's not easy. Everybody does this. This is what the body wants. This is what the flesh wants. This is natural. This is why when Jesus was asked, what's the number one commandment? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Now, I've got to ask you something. Do you think he said that because God's up in heaven going, oh, I sure hope they love me. I haven't seen any pictures of them on Facebook lately. I hope they're doing okay. Do you think that's what that is? No, it's not. Why should we love the Lord our God with all our heart and our soul and our mind and our strength? Because that's the best way for us to live. When we love God with all our heart, with all the motivation that's going on inside of us, we're going to be on the path that leads to life and peace. And when we love him with all our minds, when our reticular activation system is set on the things of the Spirit, it's the best life we can have. When we use our strength and the things that we have that God has given us, our actions, and we're on the narrow road that leads to life, that's what we're going to get. So hang on, Tim, are you telling me that I don't have to work my way to heaven, which is good news, but there's still work to do? Yeah, that's, that's what I'm telling you. See, Jesus, um, the, the word that that Jesus used, that they use in the Bible for a follower of Jesus was a disciple. A disciple. He said, you'll be my disciples. If anybody wants to be my disciple, he must take up his cross and follow me. The root word of disciple is the same root word as discipline. You get that, right? So, so why do I want to discipline myself in the things of the Spirit? Why do I want to discipline myself this way? Because it's going to make the hell leave my life even now. And that's what's so important. And that's why we do so many things that we do around here to try to help you to grow as a Christian. Our goal is not to get you in and get, you know, slide into heaven when you die someday. I mean, think about what the thief on the cross missed out on. It's great. And, and, and that can happen, you know? And maybe you're just like thinking, I'm just going to live on the highway to hell, and it's maybe right before the bus hits me or on my deathbed, I'm going to turn around to God and say, okay, God, I'm on the stairway to heaven. You can do that if you want. You know, you can take your chances on, on your eternal destiny with your decisions along the way if you want. But I'm talking about why not follow God now and why not follow God's way now? Because then hell will be gone in your life 
even now. We have all kinds of things available. We have books out there for you. Great book by John Artberg. I really recommend. We have next steps classes. We have you can see in your ne- in your uh, in your next steps uh, in the bulletin. If you still got it, fill that out. Let us know how we can help get you involved in the what we believe class coming up, or the living your beliefs, or the after we believe. We got a great website. All kinds of stuff on our website about how to be in the Word every day. Um, we have a new thing that we're going to do in January when you start thinking about New Year's resolutions. I mean, we all, we all are like, okay, I, I need to have some new things. What's a resolution? It's a discipline, right? Well, when you start thinking about those things, here's one you ought to think about. In January, we're going to start Grow You, Grow University. It's going to meet on Tuesday nights here and Wednesday night at our Homer campus, and it's just going to be a whole series of different classes that you can come and be a part of and grow in your Christian life. We have all kinds of things possible for you, but you're going to have to be involved in it if you want your soul to, to, to get the hell out of your life. It, it's training. The Apostle Paul said, train yourself to be godly. Physical training is of some value. You know, don't eat the donuts so much. But godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. It's your soul. You can live with a life of heaven or a life of hell now. And what we're trying to do is help you to get hell out of your life because it's available to us now. You're either going to lean into the highway to hell or you're going to lean into the stairway of heaven. What's going to happen? As we, and I've been trying to do this for a long time, but as we lean into the things of the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit are going to grow in our life. The fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. I mean, don't those things sound like life-giving things? And also, we're going to bear fruit. We've talked about this along the way. Because as other people see our lives, they're going to want, they're going to want heaven in their life. And they're wanting to get, the, get the hell out of their life as well. Listen, Peter says, dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers, okay, you're not, this is not the life we're supposed to live. Aliens and strangers, abstain from sinful desires which rage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the natives that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they'll say, hey, come on over to the highway to hell, man. We miss you. All my friends are going to be there too. Come on. In the end, they will see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. In the end, what they're going to see is they're going to see heaven in your life and realize they want heaven in their life. And the fruit is going to go on and on and on forever. We're going to bring heaven to earth and earth to heaven. You've got to live in heaven, not hell. And you will have heaven in your life and they will see heaven and they will want heaven. Now, I need your help. We have a problem getting heaven to people at Parkview. We kind of did some evaluation this week of the way things were going um, as far as being able to reach people. And you know what we found out? Found out we have a 9-11 problem, 9-1-1 problem. You know what it is. Our 9 o'clock service and our 11 o'clock service. That's our 9-1-1 at Orland Campus. Um, last year we did the stats and... 85% is how full our 11 o'clock service has been on average in the last year. And our 9 o'clock at 
75%. And they will tell you, the experts will tell you, when you get to 80% full, you're full. Because what's going to happen is people don't want to, you know, I mean, I've been thinking about this all week. You know who likes a full service? Me. <laughs> Me, the guy up here. Nobody else wants a full service, right? I mean, do you go to a movie and go, oh, yay, we get to split up, honey. You have to sit over there by that, you know. And nobody, nobody wants that, so we need your help. Here's a picture of the 11 o'clock service parking lot during an August service. you got a guy in the church who, I guess, talked his wife into buying a drone if he came over and took pictures of our parking lot. So he, he took pictures of our parking lot. I just want you to see um, how full that is in August, all right? I want you to understand that. He said, I saw people drive in and then drive out again and not find a place to park. And, you know, who knows whether they ever came. We've got a real problem with that. And it may seem, you know, okay. Maybe you're regularly a part of the 9-11. Maybe you're not. It doesn't matter. Um, uh, last week we had a crowded 9 o'clock service because silly people wanted to watch the Bears at noon. You know, I mean, it kind of goes back and forth. But it's not really about the auditorium. It's about parking. It's about traffic. And it's a 9-11 problem because the 9 and 11 are where almost all of our visitors come through. Almost all the people, the 4 million people that live around 30-minute uh, drive time of our campuses that are looking for a church, that need a church, for some reason, they're all going to come on Sunday morning. And in January, we'll have at least 1,000 more people than we are even having right now because of everybody coming back, right? So, so here's, what I, here's what I'm asking you to do. Stay away from the 9-11. Stay away from it. It's a 9-11. Stay away from it. Yeah, do I want you to invite friends? I want you to invite friends. we got another series starting next week. We're going to talk about money, sex, and power, the three biggest rivals to God. And I think there's going to be a lot of people that want to hear it. So invite your friends. And if they want to come to the 9-11, then come to the 9-11 with them. Because a whole bunch of other people are going to get out of the 9-11 Maybe we'll get a tattoo. I don't know. We're, we're going to get out of the 9-11 so that there's room so that this can happen, okay? Because, because this, is, this is where we have to go. And the other option is uh, we have this brand-new campus in Homer Glen that's going to open at, at Christmas Eve. Let me show you, again, my drone friend. Um, there you go. This is the new campus that we're going to be taking over in Homer Glen. It is incredible. It's going to be twice as big as our Lockport campus. And here's what I want to say to you. Um, if you're watching me, you know, whatever, you're on the uh, internet, you're, you know, whatever, it doesn't matter. If, if you're normally a part of the Orland campus, but you live over that way towards Homer, maybe this would be the time for you to say, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go try this new campus out. We need some missionaries. We need some, we need some missionaries to go over and join them because we've got more room over there. Um, so think about that and, 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 you know, pray, please, because we believe we have a lot more people to reach. Um, pray that Donolfo's will realize what a wonderful partnership we can have together if they let us borrow their parking lot for uh, uh, six months until we get ours built, you know. Think about that, you know, how many things we could do together. It'd be awesome. Pray for our new Linux project because they're still getting through the village we're going to have 11 Christmas Eve services for the first time ever. Uh, have 11. We've had 10 before. We've never had 11 at the Orland campus um, because we are trying to get the hell out. That's what we're doing. 
And I do want that eternally. I want it all the way. I want it on both sides. And please, when you start thinking about heaven or hell, don't get hung up on what heaven or hell is like. It's this simple, and maybe this will help you bring it all together. Yes, at some point we're going to die, but hell, ultimately, I don't know if it's going to be flames of fire. I don't know what it's going to be like. Jesus used a lot of symbolism when he described it, but the essence of what hell is going to be like is that God is no longer there. And the essence of what heaven is, is that God is there. And the Bible tells us that God is the giver of all good and perfect gifts. So here's the problem that we live in. People in the world still have good because God is here. He lives through us. We bring heaven to earth and God is here. So a lot of people think, I don't need God because I've got good things in my life. Even though I'm on this highway over here, why would I bother with God? But at some point, there will come a time when there won't be any other choices. And when God is completely removed from a life, that's hell. Jesus told it in a story. He told about a guy who um, was in hell. And this was a guy who never thought he needed God, and he was rich. He had a lot of things that he wanted, but then he died. And when he realized what life was like apart from God, he was able to talk to Abraham in in Jesus' story that he tells. And the first thing he said was, please help me. Can you do anything to help me? Because this is torment. And the second thing he said was, can you please send somebody to tell my family? Please warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment. That's what I'm trying to do here. That's what we're trying to do here. What I'm trying to warn you about is that hell is bad either way. Hell is bad now, and hell is really bad forever. I had two funerals this week. Um, There was one tomorrow for a a friend who died of cancer, leaving young kids. I mean, you know, those hard things. Um, good family from our church. There was one on Monday for a lady that's been part of our church dealing with brain cancer for seven years. And uh, I was at Becky's funeral, and it was just, it really got me because this is the reality of it. I really, I mean, if you want to live in hell, you know, whatever. But the reality is there is heaven available to you now. And even though Becky is now in heaven away from us, we know that's where she is. We know that's where Doug is. We, we know that's where Aaron is. We know that that is the eternal reality. The interesting thing about Becky's funeral was that Becky was often quoted when people would say, man, I mean, she brain cancer for seven years. You know, it'd go, it would go well, and then, it, you know, it wouldn't, and it, it, back and forth and back and forth. And whenever people would say something to her, she, her classic line was, Listen, if you don't have God, you're screwed. She could say that like nobody else could. And I know that she believes that. We bring heaven to earth and earth to heaven, and and we get the hell out. And we live like the hell is gone. We live like the redeemed. All right? As we think about communion, here's what Peter said. For you know that it was not with perishable things like silver or gold that you were redeemed. That's my key word. Redeemed from the empty way of life. That's the highway to hell. That's the broad road. That's destruction. That's setting your, your, your soul and your mind on the things of the flesh. Right? It's empty way of life. 
handed down from your ancestors, but it was with the precious blood of Christ that you were redeemed. So we should live that way. I was thinking about redeemed. We are redeemed. If you have Jesus, if you don't have Jesus, we want to help you. There are people at these tables that will pray with you. We really want to help you. Pray during communion. Receive the gift with us. But the frustrating thing is that we don't live like we're redeemed. It's like, have you ever bought anything on Groupon and then not used it? You know, you left your skydiving, you bought the, you know, all oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to go skydiving, right? And you got this great deal, except it's not really a great deal if you don't use it. You see what I'm saying? Here is my file folder full of two-for-one coupons that my wife has bought off the internet, okay? And we got a, we got a folder here. Um, some of them, this one expired 521 of 14, so what, what she would do is she would, you know, she would go on and buy these great deals. You, can get, you could get $30 worth of food for $15 if you get it right now. Yeah, that'd be great if this restaurant was still open. <laughs> but since it's not, we just wasted it. They just lay there. And when I think about the Christian life, that's what I think about. It's great that Jesus redeemed us. It's great that, that we get to live in heaven forever someday. But why is it that we still live in the empty way of life? The Groupon and the life and the peace is there. We have to use it. We can have new souls. We can have renewed, remodeled, redeemed, rested, and rewarded souls. That's what we've talked about. It is a possibility now because it, Jesus said if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. If you're in Christ, you are a new creation. Like now, you're a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. We are redeemed. So we should live like it. We should enjoy it. Because the hell is gone. 